you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. And so if you take your Bible and turn over to Isaiah chapter 60, today we're going to talk about the word revelation. Revelation. Just like the wise king had a revelation that Jesus was born. One year, many years ago, uh, or one moment many years ago, I was in Guatemala. And we were on a mission training program, which part of that program took us to a little village, a banana village called Chicarinis. And... We set up a tent there to do evangelistic services, and uh, all the women got to sleep in the uh, cinder block buildings, and all the men got to sleep under the tent. And so I was part of the, the party that got to share this tent, and we set up a stage, so uh, I was glad that at least I was sleeping on the stage, on the heart a hard stage, but at least I was off the ground, and the tent was set up, and we let the sides of the tent down, and it was dark. I mean, when it gets dark out there, it is dark. You can't see anything. You, you step out, and unless there's a, a full moon. So we're sleeping in the middle of the night there, and all of a sudden, all of a the sudden, there's this uh, loud commotion and growling and snarling and fighting and it gets closer and closer and we're on the stage and the I didn't have a flashlight so I was a little bit more scared and in fear than someone who did have a flashlight but immediately when we heard the sound uh, someone turned on the flashlight and we saw a pack of wild dogs that had come in under the tent and you know We were trying to uh, recruit each other to go and get the dogs out of the tent so that we could (laughs) go. But I say that illustration because there's fear where there's darkness. There's fear where there's darkness. And the scripture, Isaiah 60, verse 2 says, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people's. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Darkness paralyzes you. And you don't want to move because of the fear. If you've ever been into a dark room and you didn't know where the light was, you kind of stop because you don't want to stub your toe on something or run over something, fall over something, or uh, hurt yourself, right? But there's spiritual darkness today. We're living in a time of spiritual darkness. Now, the light has arisen. We're going to talk about that. But we need to think about this first point, that we, we were in darkness. Each of us were in darkness, this spiritual darkness. There was a time that you didn't believe. And maybe you're still in that place today. I don't want to assume that everyone is a believer that's hearing me or that's in the building today. Isaiah 42.6 says, 
I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will take hold of your hand, and I will keep you, and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. This is a prophecy of Jesus through the prophet Isaiah. But Jesus was sent as a gift from God to open our eyes to the light. He was sent to us who were in darkness. And when you sit in darkness, you're in a, in a, a dungeon. You're in a place where uh, you're, you're very close to death. Those sitting in darkness may think that they are already, that spiritually they already are dead, right? But look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Where does this darkness come from and who controls the darkness? 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So there is an enemy and his job is to blind the minds of those who have yet to believe that Jesus is the light of the world. He continues to mask, he continues to, to blind the minds spiritually of those who have yet to wake up to God and the enemy loves to keep, keep people in the dark. Again, I, I believe there's great hope in Christ, but we have to realize that with over 7.5 billion people on the earth today, that most are sitting in darkness. Most have yet to see the light of Jesus Christ because the enemy has blinded the minds of those that sit in darkness they don't see the truth. Sometimes we wonder, why? why? Why is it like this? Why do people act like this? But listen, if you can't see the light, you're wandering around in darkness. Don't forget what it was like to be blind. You know, Saul of Tarsus was blind. He was blinded by the glory of, of Jesus on the road to Damascus. But Saul never forgot what it was like to be without Christ. I think sometimes that because of Christ and because of the wonder that he brings into our life and we're drawn to that light, that it becomes easy to forget where we have come from. But I think we need to remember. We need to remember that the darkness is still here. The darkness is still here. The second point to this message today, the light has appeared. The light has appeared. What, it, what does it mean to, to reveal? A revelation. A revelation is to gain understanding. A, a revelation means to open your eyes. A, a revelation shows you what was always there, but you get a perspective that you didn't have before. Somebody said it like this, the more you see the more there is to see. And if you think about that truth, think about the Hubble telescope that was launched 29 years ago. It's still operational today. 
and it will be operational, uh, they say, until 2030 or 2040. It's uh, the Hubble telescope, or the observatory, they call it, in, in space, is orbiting 340 miles above Earth. And it orbits 15 times a day, every 95 minutes. And it can see 10, between 10 and 15 billion light years away. Now, everything that it sees existed before we could see through the Hubble telescope. Would you agree? There, it was there, but we didn't see it. And so by looking through space, through these instruments that God has allowed scientists to develop and to project out into outer orbit, we can see things that we've never seen before. I said outer orbit. The Hubble is technically is in the Earth's orbit, but they have a replacement for the Hubble. You need to go study this out. This, is, this blows your mind. It's the James Webb Space Telescope. It'll be launched in 2021. It started out as a $1.5 billion project, but now it's $10 billion. It's going to be launched in 2021, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be thrown out into space 930,000 miles. Now, to give you perspective, the moon is only 250,000 miles from Earth. So it's going to be thrown like three times further, more than three times further than the moon is away from the earth. Ten billion dollars. So that, guys, so that we can get a view of what's out there. Think about that. God wants us to have a view of what's out there. Not just in a physical sense, in a spiritual sense. God wants to reveal something to you. He wants to show you something you've never seen before. And he chooses to do that. Turn over to Exodus 33. There was something that was unseen when Moses encountered God. In the third chapter of Exodus, Moses was tending the sheep of his father-in-law Jethro. And he turned aside to see this sight that he'd never seen before. It was a bush that was burning, but yet it wasn't being consumed. Right? You know the the account. So Moses thought it was strange, but came closer. And as he came closer, God drew him closer. That's what God wants for us. The closer we come to him, the closer he wants us to come so that we can see things that we've never seen before. He wants us to, he wants to show us things that we've never seen before. God wants to manifest himself to us. He wants to give us understanding and a revelation. He doesn't want to keep us in the dark. Do you agree? And so Moses came to see what was burning up, but he encountered God and it changed his life forever. After that encounter, wherever Moses went, he set up this tent so that he can go and meet with God intimately, personally. Notice when you, when you read about the tent of meeting that Moses set up because God called him to lead the people. Moses didn't invite everybody into the tent. Moses just knew that he needed to meet with God so that he could hear God, so that he could do what God wanted him to do. And so God was leading Moses, but Moses 
was following God. So there was a reciprocation. There was a relationship there. And there was an unveiling or an unmasking, a, 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 a giving of understanding that God continually gave to Moses until you see in Exodus chapter 33 in verse 18, God was telling Moses, I'm going to send you into the land. You're going to overtake your enemy. And, and this is what I want you to do. Moses knew the power of the presence of God, and he said, don't send us if you don't go with us. I've got to know that you go with us. And the father uh, said to Moses, I'll be with you. I'll go before you. I'll drive out the enemy before you. I'm with you. And so Exodus thirty-three eighteen, Moses gets really bold, and he says this. If, if you know me by name, like you say you do, then show me your glory. Show me your glory. I want to see what I haven't seen before. I want to know you in a way I've never known you before. And I like what happened because God did not deny Moses. Moses had a desire to see all that God was. And God understood that there were some limitations there because he said, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to hide you in a rock and you're going to have to turn around and I'm going to have to turn around and show you my backside. Because if I, if I look at you face to face, you'll come to be with me, right? Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness, all my goodness. So what is the glory of God? We can say the glory of God is the goodness of God. Everybody say, God is good. good. That's our message. That's our message. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. He wants to show you his goodness. His power is is but a reflection of God's goodness. We, we, We say we want to see the power of God. But really, we our desire is to see the goodness of God. The faithfulness of God. He says, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And so God wanted to reveal himself to Moses. But he was waiting for Moses to draw near to him and say, hey, can I see, can I see your glory? So we look thousands of years down the timeline and we see the father wanting to reveal his glory to mankind with the purpose of renewing and restoring that relationship that man enjoyed with God in the garden. And if you look in John chapter 1 verse 1, God shows us how much he cares for us because he wrapped Jesus in flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was with God. So Jesus had a revelation. He had an understanding of who he was and what his assignment was. Before the Father, before the foundations of the earth, but before the Father stepped into time and appeared to Mary through an angel and said, You're the one to bear my son. 
And verse 14 of John chapter 1 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. So we can say that God the Father wrapped Jesus in flesh and He sent us Jesus unto us. He gave the gift of His Son and all that that entails, everything that includes. We, it says this in verse 14 too, we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace, or we could say full of goodness and full of truth. The Father, you know, Jesus said at one point, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians 1.15 says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And so we see that God desires to manifest himself to us, and he gives us a revelation of his heart through Jesus. He wants us to see something that we haven't seen before. The birth of Jesus was the revealing of the heart of God to touch humanity. Have you been touched by God? The question is, do you see Jesus? If you see Jesus, you've been touched by God. When you see Jesus and the power of his resurrection, it makes an indelible mark on your heart, changes you forever. You know, I like, to, I like to say that, in a sense, God drew near to us when Jesus was born. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. If you'll turn over there, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. This is an awesome scripture. Reminds us of God's goodness toward us that he would shine the light to everyone who, were, who was sitting in darkness. Were you, were you sitting in darkness? The light has shined to us. It says, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts. This is not a physical light. It's a spiritual light. He shines his light in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. That's our desire, to see his glory, to see Jesus face to face. Some of the songs we sing say this as, as a prayer, as we're singing it. We're, we're drawing near to him. We want to see him in his fullness, in his glory, in his goodness, in his mercy, in his kindness towards us. So the light has appeared in darkness. But the very next question is, do, do you see it? Do you see what is to be revealed? What God has set before you, do you see it? I like uh, thinking about, you know, the, the star that the, the wise men saw. I think about how many people probably saw the star, the same star, but didn't recognize that it was the sign that Jesus was born. The wise men had been studying, preparing themselves to follow the star. When they saw the star, the star appeared and they began to follow it. God was leading them, but they had to follow. Do, are, we, are we looking at the light? Do we see it? John chapter 16, 
John 16, verse 13, talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. If the Holy Spirit, if part of the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to tell me what is to come, God wants me to know what is to come. He doesn't want us to be in the dark. Because again, darkness is tied to fear. But the Holy Spirit is to tell us what is yet to come. He will glorify me because because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit takes from Jesus what he needs to reveal to us, right? One of the other uh, responsibilities that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he will remind you of everything that I said. That's part of the Holy Spirit's responsibility. And then Jesus makes this statement, all that belongs to the Father is mine. So he's tying himself to the Father and to the Holy Spirit. People talk about the Trinity, and well, the word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible, but you see the Trinity revealed in the Word of God, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one person, God. Three persons in one, God. And Jesus said, that is why I said that the Spirit will receive from me and he will make known to you. So what does God want to reveal to us? There's, there's three things. He, number one, he wants to reveal his heart, his character. Just like he said to Moses in Exodus chapter 33, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. God did not say, I'm going to cause my power to knock you down. Right? But included in the goodness of God is the very power of God. When you see his goodness, you experience his power. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It's new every morning. The the heart of God is, is mercy. The heart of God is grace. The heart of God is compassion. And so we see that in the gift of Jesus. We see that in the light of the world. Jesus identified himself as the light of the world. The second thing that God wants to reveal to us through Jesus is his love for us. It's not good enough to know that God is graceful, gracious, compassionate, merciful, that God is love. It's not good enough to to know that and to understand that. You need to know that God loves you personally. Personally and intimately, he loves you. Personally and intimately, Jesus died for you. Personally and intimately, he wants to reveal all of his character to you. He wants to draw you deeper into understanding who he is and what he has for you. He wants to show you personally and intimately that he loves you. And the third thing that God wants to reveal to us is his purpose for our life. 
his purpose because he knows that people that are filled with purpose are going somewhere and doing something. Those that sit in darkness are waiting to see the light. If you're in darkness, you just sit there until the light comes on, right? (laughs) You don't want to move in darkness. Because again, fear paralyzes and causes you to sit. When the light comes, you can move and you can go and you can do. And you're free to follow the light. Right? The Lord shut. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path as we hold forth his word, it shines into where we're going. And so God wants us, he wants to reveal to us his purpose for our life, your future. Jeremiah 33.3 says this, call to me and I'll put you on hold. (laughs) I'll send you to my voicemail. Did you ever get God's voicemail? No. No. No, because he's listening to you. He's listening. He's always listening. And he always wants to speak back to you. That's why Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you. But not just answer you, I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. So God is wanting to speak to you personally, but first you have to call him and he will answer you and show you great and mighty things. He wants to reveal himself to you. The greatest thing that you can see about God is his his heart and his character. It will change your life. The nearer that you draw near to him, the more that you see his goodness and his mercy. And it fills you with hope for your future. God has great things for us. He wants to reveal what has not yet been revealed. Notice, we notice from the word that Jesus points to the Father. We just read scriptures. Jesus points to the Father and the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. So it's in this day that we live, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so important because he reveals to us who Jesus is. Jesus reveals to us who the Father is. The three-in-one, moving towards us to reveal his purpose in our lives. So what do you see? What do you see? Mary and Joseph saw an angel who told them about Jesus before he was born. That's what they saw that drew them further into the plan that God had for them. The wise men saw a star that led them to the king of kings. And the truth is that Jesus was not an infant, but he was a child when the wise men actually got to where he was. But they followed the star, but they were directed by God. The shepherds saw a host of angels that announced the birth of Jesus. And they went to confirm what they had heard. Again, revelation is unfolding. You don't see now what God has for you in the future. Don't be frustrated. Just follow God. When you're following him, you're trusting him. 
as he reveals his will for your life, it's one step at a time. The Bible says that he orders your steps. And so your steps are ordered. How about Saul? Saul the Pharisee, who is filled with hate. He had an assignment to kill Christians. But when he saw Jesus on the road, it changed his life. John 8, 12 is where Jesus declares that he's the light. He says this in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Follows is an infinitive verb. As you follow him and you continue to follow him, you'll never walk in darkness. As we follow him, we'll always have the light of life. The light of life. So I want to end with this scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. This year more than ever before, it's, this has been my prayer almost every Christmas season, but more than last year, my prayer for you is that we, we grow to expect a deeper revelation, a deeper understanding of Jesus the one that we call Lord, the one that called us from our mother's womb, the one that knows us better than we know ourselves. This was also the prayer of Paul for the Ephesian church, but actually this is a prayer of the Holy Spirit for us today. This is the NIV version. Paul's saying this, but we can say this for ourselves and we can say this for one another. We're this is our prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So we have this spirit of revelation, spirit of understandings, so that we can know him better. Because when we know him better, we want to know him better. And the more we know him, the more we want to know him. And it's a never-ending desire for God, a hunger for God. It doesn't just come on certain people at certain times. That hunger for God is generated as we follow him, as we follow the light. That light becomes brighter. That light consumes our life. And Jesus is our everything. So what do you see? What do you see? What are you, what are you looking at? What do you think is veiled? What do you see today? Is it what you thought it was? Are we looking at Jesus? Are we waiting? Do we have the passion that the wise men had, the, the wonder that the shepherds have to get a clear picture of Jesus, to confirm in our heart what we know about him, God's character, 
how much he loves you. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for showing us Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.